0: Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today, we have a very, a very special guest, my guy, Marcus MB, Marcus Bowman. What up? What up? How are you?
1: What's going on, Sean, man? I'm doing good, man. It's great to see you. Great to spend a little time with you, man. How you been?
0: I've been well, man. I've been well, man. Well, speaking of time, thank you for your time. Time is our most valuable asset. With that being said, let's get right to it. So you understand the importance of warming up and stretching, right? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Couple warm-up questions for you. If you could only listen to one musical artist for a thirty days straight, you listen to their entire catalog, but only one. Who are you selecting?
1: Ooh. Um... That's a good one. I like that. I like that as a, as a warm up starting question. That's a warm up. Well, I mean, I I don't know. This is, is, this is somewhat of an obvious answer, but you know, given, given my age and, and kind of, you know, who's my, who's my favorite rapper of all time. I had to go with Ho, I had to go with Jay-Z just because his catalog is so expansive. um, I can also pick up the features, right? Some of the features that he's been on. So I had to say Ho. Now, if I flip the question and, Say what type of genre? I would probably say like a '90s R&B if I could just listen to one genre for the next thirty days. But one musical artist, I, I go with Hole.
0: I dig that. I dig that. And so, is there a certain period of Hole that you like really connect with? Is it a '444 Hole? Is it a a reasonable doubt Hole? Like what Hole? But it just it Hole all over.
1: Well, Hole all over, but it was really the blue. It was really the Blueprint Hole. So like blueprint. that was when I was like a senior in high school. I really started to get get into him, and then you know, kind of moved into <clears throat> Blueprint 2, the Black Album, um, all of that. So that was kind of them, my my whole time. And then, you know, I kept listening to them even, even right. now, so.
0: Speaking of Hope, is there a song that you feel like if you had to, you could rap the entire lyrics? Like, would you go, like, Excuse Me, Miss? Could you go? I'd probably go, like, what yeah, like,
1: like, like, Excuse Me, Miss, a song cry. Okay, okay, yeah. song cry.
0: I can see you those Yeah,
1: don't put, don't put me on the spot, but those would be those would be the ones. If you <laughs> throw we on the if you we throw the instrumentals, I probably I probably get about by a good eighty five percent of it, something like that. Okay, there it is. There it is. All right, here
0: we go. You can have one superpower. What superpower would you choose?
1: One superpower. You know, I think the superpower that I would have would be the healing power, like the ability to heal others and heal myself. If I had to pick one, I'd say to heal others. So to heal others, you know, physically and mentally, I just feel like in our world today, we just need a lot of healing. But I feel like that that power and that ability to like heal others and take away their pain, that would be the superpower that I have.
0: That makes sense. I mean, that's so fitting. And e- even you making that little switch, if you had to choose between healing yourself and healing others, knowing you, I would have said the same thing. That that would have been your answer, to heal others, man. That's a great superpower. Last one. Favorite TV show of all time to this day becomes Cubs on, you can still watch
1: Oh, that's easy. Um, <laughs> it might have probably been a little bit more of a uh, popular answer maybe two weeks ago, but my favorite of uh, all time is Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, you know, as a 90s '90s baby growing up, that was the show It obviously went well into syndication. And if it comes on today, I can still watch it. So definitely Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel-Air.
0: Now, how do you feel like, have you seen every single episode?
1: Every episode.
0: Okay. Okay. That's how I'm with Martin. I, I, I enjoy Fresh Prince. I'm like that with Martin. Obviously, every single episode, I can say every line, but Fresh Prince is for you.
1: Close. Close close second. I could probably go one A and one B. Martin. Martin Martin was my show too. I, I love Martin.
0: Now, did you I, did you uh check out the new uh Bel Air on Peacock? I have, I have, yeah. I heard good things, I haven't seen it yet. What do you think? Yeah, you got you gotta check it out. I like it. I mean,
1: I, I think what I really like about it is um they went a completely different spin on it, you know what I, I mean? Not, not a different spin in terms of the storyline. The storyline is obviously the same storyline, but you know, tried to make a 2022. Um, spin on it and make it a little bit more of a drama and not as much as kind of a comedy so um, I like it completely different characters yeah. different different vibes which was which was nice
0: yeah it's funny that you said that um, a couple of weeks ago you know what I mean like saying Fresh Prince wasn't a thing when I was like oh it's a thing now obviously because we happened by the Oscar it, uh, it makes me think of so um, as you know um, my wife and I were expecting our first child and so she had a um, her sister friends threw a shower for her, and the theme is Fresh Prince. You think was Fresh Prince? And I actually did a little video remaking the song, the intro song, and um, had the Fresh Prince, the Bear Lair behind me. I had the 90s look and all that stuff, the Dwayne Wayne glasses. But I'm a little nervous to post it to social media now because everything's happening, right? <laughs> so I, I, I'll text it to you so you can see it and have a look. All right, glass. I want
1: to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was still. I'm sure it was still cool.
0: There it is. So, Marcus, take us back. Hometown, where you originally from, early beginnings of sports. Take it back a little bit. Yeah, man. Well, I'm originally from Columbia,
1: South Carolina. Was born and raised there. Um, the son of, of, of two loving parents, John and Belinda Bowman. Um, the younger brother of an incredible uh, older brother, Julian Bowman. And growing up, my, my, my family always taught us the importance of hard work, um, dedication, loving each other, um, and ultimately just having confidence in everything that you do. Um, and as a young age, me and my brother were very active in sports, um, played pretty much every sport that you could imagine, you know, whether it was basketball or baseball, football, um, you know, we even played some different sports, played golf, we played tennis, um, we bowled, uh, so wow. they tried to make sure that they, uh, You know got us some different experiences um but one thing i would always say is no matter what um we were not able to do things unless um our grades and all the things off the court off the field uh were were right i mean our our parents definitely instilled heavily in us the importance of education at a very very young age bowling yeah so we did how were you you, uh
0: as as a bowler
1: (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say that I was that good as a bowler. It was more that we did it as, um, you know, we did it as fun. We did it as a competition. I actually remember we were in a family bowling league. I had to be, Sean, I was probably, I mean, I was probably maybe 10. if somewhere between 8 and 10. I mean, I was young. My brother was young. I mean, we were elementary. He might have been middle school. And it was the four of us, me and my brother, my mom and my dad. And we participated in this family bowling league. And I remember we would go on Saturday mornings. And we just had a blast. I mean, just right. about like doing something like that with your family and competing against others and, um, you know, having fun, but also being, you know, very competitive with it and trying to win. So, uh, but outside of that, you know, it was more, you know, we did it for, you know, fun and experience and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: definitely. And bonding. Yeah. And, and yeah. That's, that's strengthening the bond and the relationship building there. Um, yeah. You know me, man. I'm a golfer, man. So when did you get introduced to the game of golf? I love the game.
1: So and I got int- from later. I got introduced to the game of golf at a very, very young age. I was probably five or six. Uh, wow. My dad was a, was a was an avid golfer. And one of the reasons why we he, he was able to be such an avid golfer and we were able to play is that we live really close to Army Base, Fort Jackson, which is right there in Columbia, South Carolina. My mom worked on the army base. Uh, she had worked there in the federal government for a couple decades. And as a worker on the army base, there were two golf courses. And as a worker there, we were able to have a membership to the golf course. And, you know, typically golf is obviously somewhat of a sport that, um, you know, you usually find in the, you know, in the country clubs of America and things of that nature. And it's not as easy for uh, young kids to be able to pick up. Um, but because we were able to do that, I mean, we were able to play golf for like a couple dollars for nine holes. I mean, literally, you know, this is back in the nineties, but I mean, you could play for $2 and 50 cent or five bucks with, a, with a cart. And so, uh, my dad used to play a lot. I mean, he used to walk, he would walk nine, 18 holes. Yeah. Oh. And that was his way of getting exercise. And so he would take me and my brother out there at young ages and just have us walking with him. <laughs> And so early on, it certainly wasn't something that we was overly excited and hype about. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it was something that we 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 picked up. And even at a young age, I actually played in a few few tournaments and like middle school. And uh, and then honestly, when I got to high school and and I can maybe talk a little bit more about kind of the high school journey, I, I got more into basketball and. And some other sports, and I really should have. I should have stuck with golf. I kind of put it down because um, none of my friends weren't playing it as much, and so, and so I didn't play it for a long, a long, long period of time. I'm talking high school, college, well into my early adult age. And uh, you know, I've tried to pick it back up, but um, it's a it's a repetition sport, as you know, yeah. right? The only way you get good is by playing. The only way you get good is by getting repetition. And I haven't been able to get as much repetition as I like. Uh, but with that being said, I got introduced to it at a young age. I, I always enjoyed it. You know, it's a it's kind of a calming and a therapeutic type of a type of a sport. Um, and so, and it really challenges you. And so, I've uh, I've always liked it. I just really wish I could play it more often. Maybe I just need to move down to Florida with you. We could just play like a couple times a week or something.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I know the. Uh... Like I said, I didn't get introduced to the game until later in life. And I wish I would've been introduced as a as younger age. Um, my wife is probably tired of me talking about it, but before I give my, my, um, my son a, a basketball or football, he's gonna get a golf club Because that game, whether you play at the collegiate level or professionally or not, that game is something that you can play your entire life. And, it, and it's great for building relationships, networking, um, you can see the world and, and people enjoy playing with people who, who, who play golf. Right. You get to know, you get to know people, relationship build. Speak to that a little bit as far as the um, the relationship building aspect and the business aspect of, uh, of golf. Well,
1: you, you hit all the nails on the head. I mean, I think, you know, it allows you to build and manage effective relationships. And one of the things that's important about life is you got to have great relationships. In anything that you do, whether that is in school, uh, whether that is in your sport, whether that is in after-school activities, whether that is in your job as you get older, building and managing effective relationships is critical. Um, and golf is one of those ways uh, that you can do that. And what I like about it is its versatility, right? So it could be a it could be one type of relationship where it's, you know, you and your friends, right? So me and you, we out there, we playing and we just having a good time. We talking about life and things that we got going on and things that right. the upcoming. We talking about, you know, my kids and, you, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting tips,
0: right? We're right,
1: right. That. So, right. you know, are we talking about, you know, the, the NCAA basketball tournament or the college football playoff. But then you got that other side of the versatility where, you know, you can literally go out there with some, um, some donors or some supporters of your organization. And you have that, you know, you have that level of, you know, we're just talking about personal, but at some point, you know, you can flip the switch and start talking about business and start talking about, um, you know, things that you, uh, that you're trying to accomplish. And what it does is, you know, it's this three, four hour block of time where you kind of block off everything that's out there and it allows you to focus in some, in some respect. So that's one of the things that's important about it as you think about the relationship aspect of it. It can be so versatile. It can be like the relationship aspect of like, you know, just friends and your buddies, and but also the relationship aspect of you know something professionally that you're also trying to do.
0: Right, right, man. So on point. So on point. So growing up, you play so many different sports. Take you back to high school. What did you then focus it on and talk about your high school experience?
1: So, you know, and being in from or uh, raised in Columbia, South Carolina, went to a school uh, called Richard Northeast High School where we were fortunate. We had some great high school athletes. And then we had some guys that went and played college football, college baseball, college basketball. Uh, We had some unbelievable women's soccer players. And, uh, but my niche, I I fell into a a, a specific love with the game of basketball um, in high school and kind of focused uh, a lot of my, my attention and energy and efforts on, you know, trying to be a great basketball player. Um, was fortunate to play with some great teammates. Um, we were very successful in my two years as kind of like a starter on, on varsity. Um, went to the state championship my senior year. Unfortunately, we lost in it, but it was a great experience. I played with a couple other guys that also went and played Division One, And, you know, it was all those life lessons that you learn. Um, being a part of a team and being part of um, an atmosphere of of growth and those are obviously lifelong friends um, that I have but really fell in love with the game you know game of basketball still played a lot of other sports you know for fun and certainly went to a lot of different sports but that kind of kind of focused a lot of my attention as you as you may on on basketball specifically so what position you play so I was a point guard in high school. So okay. Was, all, right, yeah, all right. Yeah. So I was, I was like, in, in high school, I was somewhat considered like a tall point guard because I was yeah, about, maybe. I was about almost, almost six, three. Um, and so I played. I wasn't the quickest, I wasn't the quickest point guard, but I knew how to use, use my size and, and use my intelligence to, to get to where I needed to get to on the court.
0: So uh, growing up that period, time period, who? Who
1: uh, who's your favorite NBA player? So when I was in high school, I would say, I, so I was growing up, I was an MJ guy. I was a Michael Jordan guy. Exactly. He, he retired exactly. when I was, when I was, when I was younger. So kind of when I was in high school, it was kind of that, you know, kind of that transitional phase, maybe I could say b- between like MJ and, you know, before LeBron came a little bit later. So, I used to love, you know, I love Tracy McGrady and Kobe and, um, yeah. and Vince, like I used to love those got Jay Kidd, because Jason Kidd was a guy that I liked to, I really respected his game, you know, he wasn't also wasn't the fastest or the quickest point guard, but one of the most effective point guards of all time. Um, so it was doing kind of those years, Shaq, you know, it was, it was right. really dominating alongside Kobe. But I say kind of like I I was a big T Mac guy and J Kid and and Kobe too. So
0: those are my guys in high school. Being in South Carolina, who were who are some of the teams professional teams that people would root for? Because there's no professional teams there.
1: Yeah, so the Carolina Panthers are in North Carolina, and they came when I they were an expansion team when I was eh, sixth or seventh grade or somewhere around that. Um, So I started to root for them. Um, But, you know, really the biggest team that a lot or the biggest team that a lot of people in South Carolina root for was the Atlanta Braves, which is right, you know, in Atlanta, particularly they were they were the team. Um, But other than that, like NFL was all spread across the board. There was a lot of folks that were Redskins fans. There were a lot of folks that were Cowboys fans, Steelers fans. Yep. Um, and the NBA was kind of spotty too. The, the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets were there. But they always, oh, that liked, is right. they always felt like they were like North Carolina's team. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was kind of, kind of spread. So you kind of just cheer for whoever was uh, kind of like the winning team or like your squad going up and then you stuck with them.
0: Got you, got you, got you. And so – transition from high school to college what schools were you looking at and then what school did you decide to go
1: to so going back to how i initially mentioned about those life lessons that are uh, um or those values that our parents instilled in us at a young age um school schooling school was always very important to me and so i took school very serious um and that opened up a lot of opportunities for me college collegiate wise had a great gpa i did well on the you know, standardized testing. And so I had some options um, that didn't involve sports. At the same time, you know, I always wanted to, if it worked out, I wanted to be able to participate in sports in college, but I always wanted to go to a big school. Um, and nothing wrong with smaller schools there's a there's a great, great group of small schools, but I really wanted to go to like a big school was kind of my goal. And most of the schools that I looked at were in kind of the South region. Um, the further school, Uh, before I decided on Pitt, uh, that North that I looked at was Howard. Um, But the other schools were South Carolina, um, Miami, Florida, uh, Georgia Tech, um, Virginia Tech was a school that I looked at. And I knew I could probably play at the collegiate level at that level, but I didn't have um, scholarship offers at that level. I did have some scholarship offers of interest at the D2 and smaller D1 level. um, But I was fortunate because of my academics um, that I was I was going to be fine and related to school being paid for through that avenue. And so I got a letter from University of Pittsburgh um, at some point during my senior year. And if I if I told you that uh, all I knew about the city of Pittsburgh was uh, the Steelers and that is cold, that almost would be an understatement. I didn't know that much about Pittsburgh at all. Yeah. And so it really wasn't a school that I was looking at or I couldn't say that I was overly interested in it. And my mom actually... Um, she really encouraged me, saying, "You know what? Apply. You never know what might happen." And this was actually right around the time of you remember this. So this was in the early two thousands, where from a basketball perspective, they were really starting to hit. The yeah, yeah. That's
0: under, when I was there. Yeah.
1: Right under Coach Holland, and then you know Brandon Knight and Julie Cage
0: yeah, and all oh, the, the squad. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: know, and Jeron and all LeBron, those guys. Yeah. And so um, I applied, and then I actually got a letter back that said that they were gonna offer me a full academic scholarship. And so when I got that letter, um, let's just say in the Bowman household, particularly my mom, and my dad's eyes, it was like, well, time to get you some warm clothes, brother, because you're going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> unless, unless you got a better, unless you get a better offer than that. And right. so we went up to the school, visited the campus and fell in love with it. Um, and as I mentioned, it was also the time where they were hitting their stride uh, from back in basketball and so, I was like, man, if I could be a part of, you know, that that group and that team, you know, it'd be an unbelievable experience. But it wasn't the school that I was initially looking at, but um, God willing, it was a school that I selected and the best decision that I ever made in my life.
0: Wow. Speak to that process. And, and when you made the decision to go ahead and walk onto the basketball team, I mean, I have so much respect for for, uh, for those who go that route to see that route and stick with that route. Like it's it's a, another a level of a caliber of the individual. Um, they don't have that additional motivation of, well, they're taking care of my school to, to play. So speak to the um, that process of a walking onto basketball team.
1: Yeah. And so it can be different depending on the school. It can be different depending on the individual. Sometimes, you know, folks might, uh, and it can certainly be different uh, depending on the sport, even in basketball. But uh, sometimes folks might come into a school and, and have what's called a preferred walk-on. and They know that you come in and it kind of guarantee you a spot on the team. I didn't have that. Um, that year at Pitt, they were actually open to doing – well, they were doing an open tryout. They were They were open to having one more spot. They didn't need to take one more spot, but they were open to have one more spot. When I knew that I was going to go to Pitt, I actually had my high school coaches reach out to uh, the coaches at Pitt. Um, they had sent some tape. They had reached out and they said, yeah, well, you know, um, we have an open tryout. Um, you know, if he's able to, you know, to be the best guy in that tryout, um, then, you know, we could put him on the team. So I went to the open tryout. It wasn't a lot of guys, but it was certainly, a, 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 you know, a good group of guys. Nice. And they immediately put you through through some drills uh, you know, did some three on three, some five on five. Um, and then, so after that, um, I was called the next day and said, Hey, you know, we want to have you be, have you be a part of the team, want you to come up. And the people who ran the tryout actually were the assistant coaches. Ironically, it was, it was Jamie Dixon was one of them. Uh, and Er and Ernie Ziegler, um, was the other assistant coach who ran, ran the tryout. So the next day they had me come and had to meet with, uh, coach Ben Holland, who was the head coach. And, um, you know, he wanted to get to know more about me and my background and why I chose Pitt and what was important to me. And um, and so that was great. And then, uh, you know, was able to be a part of the team and then was able to be a part of the team for for all my four years um, in college.
0: And so you went there on an academic scholarship. What did you focus on? What did you major in? And then how did you balance being a student actor?
1: So I I actually went in thinking that I wanted to be a, a sports agent. And so I went into school thinking that I was gonna go to law school, right? I mean, agent's probably good to have a law background. And um, as I got into school, I realized that really wasn't probably the path that I wanted to go. And so then I started to think about uh, business and I was always good with numbers growing up. And so I got into the business school um, at Pitt. Um, I majored in finance. I had a, um, a concentration in communications Um, but majoring in finance was really always a numbers guy. Um, And so went that route. I actually had to maintain a 3.0 GPA to keep my academic scholarship. Um, And so as important as as basketball was to me um, at the time, um, that GPA uh, that I had to maintain um, was even more critically important. And so for me, You know, I always made it a priority to make sure that I'm balancing my time correctly. And I will be honest, playing basketball or playing a sport allowed me to do that better because I had to be a lot more strategic with my time. I didn't just have like a ton of free time to do whatever I wanted. Now, granted, I did have free time. You were a college athlete. We all have free time. Like, you know, there's there's time to do. Other things that you want to experience in college outside of just academics and your sport. With that being said, some of the structure that was around being a student athlete was very helpful for me. Um, you know, early on, and it it helped me develop good habits. You know, good studying habits. Good, hey, I got this hour, this two-hour block of time that you know I got to study, and a lot of that was kind of built on, you know, having that same mindset. And was like, hey, we got this hour film session pay attention for this hour, take everything that you can take into it. We got this two and a half, three hour practice, pay attention during this practice, take everything that you can take from it. You know, a workout session, very similar. And So I was used to, you know, spending those blocks of time and trying to just be all in or focus on whatever it is I was doing. And so I was able to take that, you know, into like my study habits and things of that nature. And So for me, it was something that, that helped, you know, the, the balance. I mean, it's demanding. I mean, you know, when you add all of those things and travel and things of that nature. Um, but I think it, it laid a great foundation um, for me while I was in school.
0: Before we transition out of your time in college, give me one or two of your fondest memories at Pitt, wherever you want to take it. What comes to mind?
1: The fondest, me- I mean, you know, anytime you're able to win championships and celebrate and put up trophies. So really the fondest memory is my freshman year, uh 2003 uh when we won the biggest tournament championship up in madison square garden that was my first time going to new york um, so just experiencing new york experiencing that tournament which there was nothing like it and then winning it in my first time um, that was just an incredibly special moment um, so i would say as a as an athlete that was that was probably the, the highest and then you know you add in all those times you know, going to the NCAA tournament and experiencing that for the first time, going to the C-16, experiencing that for the first time. But definitely that championship year, uh, winning that tournament was probably my most fondest memory.
0: Dig it, dig it. After graduation, after Pitt, what's next for you? Talk about your professional journey.
1: Yep. So um, so I'll, I'll go back to it was the summer between my, my junior and senior year. I interned at PNC Bank, which, you know, is headquartered. In Pittsburgh had a great experience really enjoyed it um but as a part of that process I, I realized that I didn't probably want to work in banking for the rest of my life and you know we've talked a lot about sports and my love and my passion for sports and I always had that and I always thought if I can co- combine my passion and my love which is sports with the knowledge and the things that I learned in school which was business that I can have you know a career and a profession and not just a job right because I think there's a difference like a career, a profession is something that you're passionate about, something that you um, enjoy. Um, a job is, you know, maybe something that you just do, uh, you know, every day. And there's a combination of both. You know, obviously, you have a job and a career profession, and you got to be able to provide for yourself and your family. Uh, but I thought there was a distinction. And so, um, after that summer, I really spent my my senior year doing a lot of research on sports business and what's what is really what it's really about. I mean, it's clearly a, you know, billions and billions of dollar industry. Right. Matter which way you look, collegiate, professional, you know, stadiums, arenas, um, Nike, whatever, however you look at it. It's a lot of jobs out there to be had. Spent a lot of time researching that with some people. Uh, fast forward all the way to the end of the year. Um, there was a position that opened up at Pitt in the business office. Um, I got a call, asked what I be interested in interviewing for it. Um, I did, um, and I was fortunate to get the job and the role and kind of started off, um, working at Pitt and my alma mater in the business office. So to say that that would, to say that that was a dream come true would probably be an understatement. Um, and so that was unbelievable to be able to start, start there. And then I was just fortunate to, to work there for a long time before I continued in my journey.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, Continue your journey fast forward.
1: Speaking about the role that you are in now. So, um, my role here at the University of Oklahoma, so I'm a deputy athletic director and CFO and business strategy. So, really, uh, my main responsibility is kind of the overall financial health of the athletic department. Um, I Also have some other responsibilities. I'm a sport administrator for our men's basketball program. I oversee some of our other internal areas. Um, But what I enjoy about what I do right now is my ability to work with everybody throughout the department, whether that is our various different teams, you know, from football, you know, to tennis, to our nationally ranked softball team, our nationally ranked women's gymnastics team, um, and really trying to help them from what I can do to be a part of hopefully um, their success and what they're able to accomplish in um, their various different sports. <clears throat> the other thing I enjoy about it is that I just, I, I learned a lot. Um, uh, I, no two days are rarely the same. Um, you know, they, it keeps me on my toes, it keeps me growing. Um, and so I, I I just thoroughly enjoy what I do. I thoroughly enjoy getting to know young people and student athletes and are they are our why. They're why we do what we do. Watching them come in as 17, 18 year old wide eyed freshman and then leaving here as 22 23 year old young men and women ready to take on take on the world and so that that journey or that transformation journey for those years that you see them um, is special right and it was something that uh, folks like me and you were able to be a part of and we were in their shoes and so to be able to get back to that um, is, is, is truly special and it's truly rewarding
0: yeah actually I'm, I'm gonna take you off a little bit. And so, previously you were at UNLV. Uh, now you're at Oklahoma. How do you deal with working in different time zones? Like, how often do people like, oh, I know it was Central Time, and and meetings get thrown off? Like, talk about working in different time zones. At, uh, yeah. To speak yeah. To
1: I should I should have mentioned that. So I was in my journey. I was at Pit.
0: Oh yeah at, yeah. I worked
1: at Pit for twelve years. So I, when I got done school i worked there for it was almost 12 years 11 and a half when we were there yeah. um and then i went from Pitt to unlv uh, out in las vegas so i went east coast boom three hours back right all the way to the west coast um where i honestly our, i and we as a family really enjoyed our time in las vegas um it it put us out of our comfort zone it taught us a lot uh, as parents, as um, as spouses, um, and then I, I learned a lot as an administrator. I mean, I didn't walk into a situation that was cookie cutter or was that was like built. You know, we had to do a lot of things, and we accomplished a lot. And and then I moved to Oklahoma in the Central Time Zone. So i was like, I only got one more time zone. I guess that's the Mountain Time Zone. The <laughs> and I don't think I'm planning on going there anytime soon. But uh, it was it was the biggest adjustment. As you could probably imagine, was going from east all the way to west, right? Okay. And so there was a body adjustment, um, you know, it was just kind of a physical adjustment. But you know, most of the people out there, they're on that time zone. So usually, when you're scheduling meetings, that was fine. Now, kind of coming into the central time zone, it's a little unique because you're dealing with so many people and like going both directions, right? I deal with a lot of people East Coast. I deal with a lot of people West wow. Coast. So yes, anytime I'm like scheduling a meeting. I had to always be very specific on like hey i'm in central time right <laughs> you know so that for you that's you know 1 hour behind for you that's right. 2 hours right. ahead right whatever it may be so i had to learn how to put like cst and everything that i say versus say hey i'm available at you know 9am right. <laughs> so i was like okay cool and it was like hey man i'm waiting for you it's uh it's 9am i was like what's well, o'clock? right yeah, you know right <laughs>
0: I was thinking about that as we were scheduling for this, uh, interview. And so, you know, be working with, uh, athletes at the collegiate level, at the grade school level. Um, they are, they're all not going to be professional athletes. And a lot of them, um, they want to work in athletics, um, collegiate athletics as well. What advice do you have for young people, whether it's, um, skills, relationships they should be focusing on or, 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 um or or any or any other skill sets that they should be looking at too. So just advice for those who see a Marcus Bowman and like man I want to do that one day. What feedback do you have for them?
1: Well, I mean I think, you know, I think it, you know, you build habits now, right? I mean you build habits at a, at a young age of, you know, kind of hard work, dedication, um but what I would also say is you know, be be yourself. I mean there's an opportunity and there's a There's a pathway for everybody who, you know, who you are, be your authentic, genuine self um, versus trying to be um, like anybody else. Now, granted, you can have people that you aspire to be like and position that they are, but the best way for you to get to anything in life is, is really being yourself. And the other part I would say about that is, you know, I think sometimes we, uh, as a society, we get very fixated and focused on um, the end goal, and we don't spend enough time focusing on the journey um, and the, the ability to get better every day, right? So like, you know, we probably, a lot of us heard that moniker of 1% better every day, right? So it's like stacking those various different habits of getting better every day that gets you to the end goal, right? So it's just like, it's just like the life lessons that you learn in sports. So in sports, there's a reason why we're practicing this particular play, Right, there's a reason why we're practicing this particular offensive set, or this defensive set, or this special team set, or why we're breaking it down into very little, minor little details, right? Because it's stacking those details that ultimately get you to the end goal of playing on Saturday in a college football game or playing on Sunday in an NFL game. You don't just get to the end goal, you know, without those everyday habits. And so, that's what I would say to to young people, and not just young people, but Anybody is right. It's like we gotta, you gotta enjoy the enjoy the journey, enjoy the things that you're learning every day. Um, it's certainly great to have a goal, have an end in mind, um, but you can't spend all your time just focusing on trying to get that win without understanding, you know, the bits and pieces that come come daily. So that's one of the advices that people have taught me. I mean, so I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't make that up. Uh, but it's something that's helped me because when I was early on, I was fixated on, you know, I want to be this, I want to be in this position and I had some great mentors that slowed me down and said, Hey, you're going to have a great opportunity to get to that position. And we love that you have goals and aspirations, but what you got to focus on is that daily journey of getting better every day. And when I, when I learned that things, things really started to start to click for me.
0: I love that. I love that advice getting better daily, that journey. Enjoy the process. Love the process. the process. Love the process. And so as we close, as you know, you've been a long time supporter, the mission of Orange Arrows to coach student athletes and for success off the field, off the track, off the court, wherever the playing arena may be. Why is it important to be successful outside of sports?
1: Well, I mean, first off, man, I mean, you, me and you have known each other for a long time. I mean, going over, almost two decades now, and I couldn't be more proud of what you're doing, um, how you've been able to do it, uh, the way that you've gone about it, the passion at which you've gone about it, and then the people that you've impacted um, during that time. So I wanted to make sure that I I said that. I I literally couldn't be more proud of you. Um, uh, But in terms of why it's so important, because a lot of the things that I've said, I think that those habits that you build off the field, off the court, outside of the pool, whatever it may be, uh, it not only helps you as an athlete in those sports, but it really prepares you for life, and, you know, sports, no matter how good you are in any particular sport, uh, there is a, there's a time span on it, right, I mean, it is going to end at some point, even if you are the best of the best, you will be ending in your 30s, you know, 40s if you were Tom Brady,
0: right, 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 right. (laughs) and so right. you
1: gotta you gotta make sure that you're building certain habits that allow you to be successful in life, pre or post whatever your uh, particular sport career is.
0: Awesome, Marcus. As I started, thank you for your time. I really appreciate your continued support. I appreciate who you are as a um, as as first, you know, as a person, as a father. Um, I, I see how you. I see how you love your family, support your family, and as I enter fatherhood, and even though I haven't said it to you, but that's something that you know I look up to you and in, 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 in that and um, that matter. But uh, man, bro, thank you for your time, and I'm looking forward to catching up, hopefully on the golf course sooner Absolutely, than
1: later. Absolutely, man. It's always great spending time with you, man. And uh, good up. luck, and uh, good luck with that that parenthood.
0: My dog. All right, boss. Peace.